Welcome to Into Security Daily, the Info Security Magazine podcast that brings you a daily, bite-sized news roundup of all that's hot in the info security world. Whilst our website remains offline due to a significant and sustained DDoS attack, we'll bring you news via audio format. I'm Elena Dalloway, Editorial Director, and we're still committed to delivering the headlines that matter straight to you. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Into Security Daily podcast, a news roundup podcast that we are producing while our website remains offline due to an ongoing DDoS attack. I'm James Coker, reporter at Info Security Magazine, and I'm joined by Benjamin David, our deputy editor at Info Security Magazine. So jumping straight into the headlines, Benjamin, I believe you have a story on Amazon receiving a fine. Yes, so the tech giant has fallen foul of GDPR rules on the processing of customers' data and has been fined a whopping $886.6 million, which is £636 million. Now, this would be the largest such penalty ever handed out under the law. Now, Amazon revealed the decision made by Luxembourg's National Commission for Data Protection in mid-July in an SEC filing on Friday. However, the company denies that they have broken the rules and made it clear that they will fight the decision. And in a statement said that we believe the CNPD's decision is without merit and intend to defend ourselves vigorously in this matter. Now, although there's no notice on the CNPD's website at present, reports citing an Amazon spokeswoman claim that the tech firm has not suffered a data breach. The spokeswoman was quoted as saying, the decision related to how we show customers relevant advertising relies on subjective and untested interpretations of European privacy law. And the proposed fine is entirely out of proportion with even that interpretation. Now, the fine comes after a possibly unrelated European Commission investigation into the company last year, which concluded that Amazon had abused its dominant position as a marketplace platform. The Commission claimed that it used non-public data on sellers to unfairly compete with other sellers in France and Germany. GDPR fines have never scaled into the hundreds of millions of dollars before. Now, a previous fine of £183 million handed to BA by the Information Commissioner's Office was subsequently reduced to £20 million in light of the pandemic and its impact on the airline industry. So, this is super big news. And while there is a lot more to run on this, It is possible evidence that regulators are keen to send a very strong message to big tech companies. Thanks, Benjamin. Really interesting stuff. And I have more news of a major tech firm getting into a bit of trouble over failings over customer data. So this is the story that the video conferencing giant Zoom has agreed to pay $85 million to settle a class action lawsuit that alleges the firm overshared users' personal data with third parties and failed to protect them adequately against so-called Zoom bombing disruption. Zoom, which leapt to fame during the pandemic, was hit in early 2020 with a string of problems stemming from its security and privacy policies. 
So that resulted in 14 lawsuits being filed last year, which was consolidated into a single class action. And this lawsuit claimed that Zoom misled users about its encryption capabilities, shared user data with Google, Facebook and LinkedIn without their consent, and did too little to prevent Zoom bombing. So Zoom bombing attacks, for anyone who's, who's not sure, are when outsiders hijack meetings with offensive content. There was a spate of these last year, largely as a result of kind of insufficient security. However, the judge in the case reportedly claimed that Zoom is mostly immune for Zoom bombing under Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act which shields online platform from liability over user content. Uh, so the rules of the settlement mean that Zoom subscribers taking part in the case will receive 15% refunds on their core subscription or $25, whichever is larger, while others could receive up to $15. Zoom has also agreed to various security measures, such as flashing alerts when third-party apps are used in meetings and to provide specialized privacy training to employees. However, in agreeing to settle, the firm will not accept any wrongdoing. So this case, it really takes me back to the start of the pandemic last year when the use of video conferencing suddenly surged as a result of social distancing restrictions. Uh, so that was both personal and, and for work use. Many of these platforms that were suddenly used on a, on a much bigger scale than before simply weren't prepared to deal with such a large number of users from, from a security standpoint. So yeah, it has, it has been positive to see security changes that have been made. Obviously, there might there might still be issues resulting from what happened last year, as, as we've seen in this current story. What's your next story, Benjamin? Yes, thanks, James. So I actually have a story about a cryptocurrency fraud scheme involving the actor Steven Seagal. So in the story, we have a 55-year-old California man who has pleaded guilty to his part in a multi-million dollar cryptocurrency fraud scheme. John DeMar of Santa Ana, admitted conspiring with others to defraud investors by tricking them into investing in two companies, Start Options and B2G. Victims were told their money would be used to invest in digital asset mining and trading platforms that would earn them massive profits. Nevertheless, in reality, the money was funneled to accounts controlled by DeMar and others and used to buy expensive cars and jewellery and pay for house renovations, amongst other things. False celebrity endorsements, including those of professional athletes, were actually used to promote Start Option, according to the Department of Justice. In late January 2018, rather than allowing Start Option's investors to withdraw money from their accounts after the requisite time period, DeMar and others required them to roll over their accounts into an unregistered initial coin offering, or ICO, for B2G. Now, the actor Steven Seagal was paid $157,000 to promote the scam, falsely claiming that B2G could generate an 8,000% return for investors within one year and that he was a participant in the ICO. Seagal, who failed to disclose that he was being paid for his involvement in the project, was subsequently forced by the authorities to pay back the money, plus interest, as well as a $157,000 civic money penalty to the Securities and Exchange Commission. 
Damar pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit securities fraud and is scheduled to be sentenced on January the 4th, 2022, where he faces a maximum term of five years behind bars. The surge in the value of cryptocurrencies we have seen in the past year or so is something, of course, we've covered quite a lot here at InfoSecurity. Obviously, in terms of scams and the fact that this type of currency is often used in cybercrime, such as ransomware demands. So it is something we will be keeping a close eye on in the coming months and years. For our final story, I believe, James, you have news of a never-before-seen wiper malware. Yeah, that's right, Benjamin. There's been some new research from Sentinel Labs, which has described a bizarre cyber attack on the Iranian railway system in early July. And as you say, this features a never-before-seen Viper malware, which is dubbed Meteor by its creators. So the report from Sentinel Labs principal threat researcher, Juan Andres Guerrero Sada, detailed how the unknown attackers defaced the display boards at train stations in the country on July the 9th. So trolling the Islamic Republic's hardline leadership, the attackers claimed in their message that upset commuters should contact the Supreme Leader's office to complain. And the following day, the same group is said to have struck the website and computer systems of Iran's Ministry of Roads and Urban Development. And the group, the identity of the group behind the attack is still unknown. Guerrero Sader said that although the Meteor Viper has never been seen in the wild before, it was designed for reuse and much of its functionality wasn't actually used in this attack. These included changing passwords for all users, disabling screensavers, terminating processes based on a list of target processes, installing a screen locker, uh, among many other things. There's multiple countries that have motives for trolling Iran via cyber attacks, but the the kind of bizarre mix of clunky and rudimentary and slick and well-developed components mean that the ultimate perpetrators are still a mystery. For example, on the one hand, there's a, there's an externally configurable wiper pack packed full of interesting capabilities involving a mature development process and scripts that have been extensively checked for errors. The attack itself was designed to cripple the victim systems, leaving no recourse to simple remediation via domain administration or recovery of shadow copies. However, on the other hand, Sentinel Labs found duplicated features and files that are dispensed in a clunky, verbose and disorganised manner, unbecoming of advanced attackers. So quite a confusing and, and unique attack, and it'll be very interesting to see if there are developments on this story, including the identity of the attackers. Anyway, that's all we've got time for for today's Into Security Daily News Roundup. And we very much hope to have our website up, back up and running shortly. Um, we've got so many stories, features, blogs and opinions ready that we, we can't wait to share with you. Um, but for now, uh, I've been James. And I've been Benjamin. Thanks for listening to Into Security Daily. We can't wait to get back to bringing you the same quality and quantity of online content as soon as possible. Until then, listen in to our daily podcast, and stay connected to the cybersecurity stories that matter.